0: Hi there. Thanks for listening to the Learned Opportunity Podcast. This is Daniel. We've got a good one for you here today. We have our second episode with Lauren Carter-Miller. Well, Lauren Carter-Miller, she is a career coach and she helps people figure out what they're passionate about and how do you start finding areas where you can apply that passion. And so we talk a lot about opportunity with Lauren Carter Miller because there's opportunity in that entire area and field of work, career coaching. But what we really talk about most of all with Lauren is opportunity through trying things that are new. How do you find opportunity or create opportunity by just trying something? You don't have to be perfect in order to try something out. Uh, Maybe opportunity comes just by trying something new or doing something new. Thanks again for listening. And if you can, check out all the other episodes that we have out with some really interesting people who have great stories and are, are ready to share with you how they have found or created opportunities. So let's head on over to our interview with Lauren Carter Miller. Hi there. Welcome to the Learned Opportunity Podcast, casual, professional, and lifestyle development. We want to inspire listeners like you to find and create opportunities through continual learning. I'm Daniel.
1: And I'm Gwendolyn.
0: And today we have Career Clarity Coach and Job Search Strategist, Lauren Carter-Miller with us to talk about what she has been learning. Hi, Lauren. Welcome to the Learned Opportunity Podcast.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, tell listeners a little bit about yourself, a little intro.
2: Yeah, so I am a career coach and I live in Indianapolis, but I help people from all over the world and really love helping people get clear on what they want in their career path, and then also teaching them how to find a job. And that came about just through my own detours in my career path over you know the past 10 years and realized I just really have a passion for helping people um, make those 40-hour work weeks count. And mm-hmm. that's super important to me. So that's a little bit about me.
0: Uh, we both are in the same sort of field. I, I do career counseling and we do career coaching. So I've enjoyed following you on LinkedIn and listeners go ahead and follow Lauren on LinkedIn after this. Do you have any misconceptions that clients come to you and that they have misconceptions about where to find opportunity or how much opportunity is out there?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There's a lot of misconceptions and a lot of, lies that I have to break with my clients when I first start working with them. I would say one of the most popular ones is that feeling of regret of I chose the wrong major in college Mm -hmm. or I've been in this industry and I don't want to be in this industry anymore and I'm stuck here forever. So kind of that feeling of just not feeling empowered to be able to make a career change because of decisions that you've made in the past. And that is definitely not true. A lot of people switch from industry to industry. And so I think it just takes, you know, taking a few steps back and doing some inner work to figure out what you want and then really learning how to market yourself as a professional to make an industry change. So I think that's one is living in regret and assuming that, oh, I can't make any changes for my future. I just have to stick with my current job. And then as far as the job search, I would say a misconception is that you should just be applying to as many jobs as possible when you're looking for a job, which that's kind of what you would think, right? Is that you should be applying, 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 and that's going to increase your chances of getting an interview. But the job search has changed a lot, especially with LinkedIn and the power of networking these days. Mm -hmm. And also a lot of companies want someone who is specific with their application. So anyways, all that to say is I think a misconception is just to be applying and that's there's so much more you can be doing with your job search rather than applying, and that's actually kind of at the bottom of the totem pole for me. Whenever it comes to the job search, is to spend the least amount of time on applying. So I walk through that with clients, but I would say those are two of the bigger areas that clients feel stuck with when I start working with them. Is they're either not getting interviews because they're only applying on Monster.com or Indeed, or <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Clients feel stuck because they don't know what to even type in the search bar. So I would say those are two of the popular ones.
1: I resonate with that from being in seasons too, where I, at one point was like, I'm going to be a park ranger. (laughs) but I would put myself in like, Oh, I hear of that. Like maybe I'm going to be a nurse because I was a teacher and went through a season of what's next. I know I want a career, but what is it? So that's so cool. You can help people in that you were mentioning regrets. I think I went through a season where I'm like, why did I invest so many years Mm -hmm. becoming a teacher? And thankfully it's been rewarding Mm -hmm. that I'm now in a job where it's more aligned to what I want, but I still use Mm -hmm. that education. You can definitely use previous experiences that you've had in a
2: different capacity Mm -hmm. in your current job. So I see some people who they do hop from industry to industry somehow. Yeah, They're getting jobs in all these different places But then they're never happy where they get because Mm -hmm. they haven't taken the time to really think about what they want. It's just kind of a, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm not happy where I'm at now. So I'm going to try to find the next best thing possible. And that's a really bad cycle to get into as well Mm -hmm. because it is important to figure out what you want and really think through it, talk to people, get advice.
0: It's that same sort of thing that we've been talking about on this podcast where sometimes we look at opportunity by itself, but don't take the opportunity to reflect on Does this match what I want? Is this going with my values? Is this fit for where I'm at in life right now? And so it's the value of, of having that reflection time and that space to uh, really see, is this opportunity worth it? Cause there are, are a lot of opportunities out there, but is it going to be worth it for you?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Totally.
0: What are some things that you've been reflecting on lately? What are some things that you have been learning?
2: So I would say, and this kind of goes along with like figuring out what you want in a career, if that's why you feel stuck, but I would say trying new things is something that I have thought a lot about and also putting yourself out there, being bold, and putting yourself out there into new opportunities. So with my business for the past year, I really have had to step out of my comfort zone a lot with. Marketing online and sharing my thoughts, trying to become a thought leader, and that has been really uncomfortable sometimes. Sharing who I am and like my service, being me and my business, really of like I'm the career counselor. Mm-hmm. So that's something I've been learning is just how I'm to learning. how to be brave and put myself out there um, and try new things. So it's definitely been uh, a journey of ups and downs, to say the least. But I think it's super important for people to be trying new things and and stepping out of their comfort zone.
1: Even doing this podcast, I think has been something totally new. And there was a moment when we were just recording our introduction and, oh, like, I'm proud of myself. I I was kind of nervous. I was scared Mm -hmm. to start it and try it. And sometimes when you have so much change happening or so many life changes, or we've all been through COVID, where everything's turned up, I think sometimes it's a little harder to do something new, maybe hold on to what's normal or familiar. So yeah, it was a moment where I'm like, wow, it was rewarding. I just felt it inside. But even doing this has been new for us as a Mm -hmm. couple too. And something new to try, we we're surprised it's a different tone for our relationship normally it's super Mm -hmm. casual but Mm -hmm. we have to be a little more formal to have a plan and to like
0: meetings in our living room in
1: our living room (laughs) very uh, official (laughs) yes and like bring in a little more officialness and that's been a blast so something totally new to step into but it's sweet and good Yeah.
0: There's a balance to it as well. I remember when we were starting it out, we're going to try something new, but also (laughs) it was, well, if we're going to do this, we want to do this really well. (laughs) (laughs) So sometimes that prevents us. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, if I'm not going to be the best podcaster ever, or if I'm not going to be able to achieve or succeed right away in something,
1: Mm -hmm. do I want to
0: take that risk? Do I I want to get out there and try something new?
1: Mm -hmm. You try to take like one step for a start, yeah. Mm -hmm. I totally agree.
2: Yeah, and especially for young professionals, it's important to think about how can I take a risk? How can I step out of my comfort zone and start to figure out what I want in a career or in my life in general, I would say something I've been really learning about and kind of stepping out of my comfort zone in this past year is I started learning how to make sourdough bread and I actually started selling it. And it was kind of a COVID project for me, like hundreds of other people around the country. I think it was one of the most popular searched YouTube videos in the past year, but I, I, failed so many times at making bread and I became obsessed with it. Like I got to figure this out and I have to bake the best bread. And I don't even really like to bake. So it's kind of funny, but I would say for me, that's become a really fun fact about me. I sell bread Mm -hmm. to people locally and I drive it over to them and drop it off. And that's been a good way for me to meet people too, because I'm newer to my town. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, that was a way for me to step out of my comfort zone and start meeting people with this hobby of mine. And also it's a really Mm -hmm. easy conversation starter when I meet new people. And I think a lot of clients I work with, or even I worked at a few different universities and I would help students like practice their elevator pitch. Like, what do you say to a a potential interviewer about yourself in 30 seconds? And a lot of times students don't know what to say because they don't feel interesting. And I would say my charge to people is get interesting, do things, try new hobbies or try to <laughs> learn new things. Um, you're going to learn more about yourself, yeah. but you'll also be memorable and interesting.
1: Now, did you make your own starter or did you find a starter?
2: I. This is a funny story, actually. It was in the winter and we weren't really leaving the house very much and mm-hmm. because of COVID. And I had been working on this starter for a month and... I didn't know what a starter was. So don't worry if, you know, listeners don't know what it is, but essentially you need to grow this living thing to make sourdough bread and it can take weeks, to months to make it. So our house is pretty cold in the winter. So I was keeping it on the furnace. I was keeping it anywhere to keep it warm. And one day I was on a coaching call and I had my starter in the oven with the light on to keep it warm. And at 3 PM, my husband, who also works from home, came downstairs to preheat the oven for a pizza and he baked my starter. So anyways, the way he made <laughs> it for it, <me, laughs> I had been working on it for like a month and he felt really bad. I will say he was like, like, I'm so sorry. And he immediately ordered me a starter online. So it's all good, but I was pretty upset in the moment, mm. but what do you do? And the starter he got me is like way better so and stronger. Good.
0: So, Also, like way to keep with it and allow him to get you another starter. I would be tempted to be like, oh, well, that was a fun attempt. I guess I'm not doing sourdough anymore.
1: Yeah, you kept going. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I think if it hadn't been the winter, February, in the midst of COVID, I might have said forget it. But because we were already pretty much homebound anyways, I was like, well you know, what can I do with all this time? And so it was kind of the perfect way to fill a season. And now I have a cool skill in my toolbox. Mm -hmm. So just kind of a fun fact.
1: And how did you get to selling it? How did that all line up?
2: Well, I started giving it away because I was making sourdough bread all the time. I was probably making like three a week, but I was like just obsessed with it. And I, so I just started giving it away to our friends and mm-hmm. in our small group. And so I would take them and they were like, Lauren, can, we'll put this as a line item in our monthly budget. We want your bread. It's so good. It's so fresh. We can taste the difference. And so they were actually the ones you should start selling it or you should charge us. And I just felt weird charging friends. So then what I ended up doing mm-hmm. was I created an order form and I just put it on my Instagram mm-hmm. and then People started ordering it Like my neighborhood. I let my neighborhood like Facebook group know I'm not really doing it for money, so it's Mm -hmm. been really fun.
0: And like you were saying, it's something memorable. If somebody that you had given a, a thing of bread to didn't know anything else really about you, they would have something to talk to you about.
2: Yes. Yeah. That's just something I've been thinking about since I've started this whole bread thing, I think a lot of people want hobbies, but they don't know where to start or where to look for them, or they don't feel interesting or like even outside of work. They don't have much that they do besides watch Netflix. And I feel like the past year of COVID has kind of like made that more okay to just stay at home and engage right. with people online versus being outside and, or engaging with the world in another way. And so now that the world is opening up, it's it would be great for people to think again, how can I create hobbies for my life and how can I do things outside of work? Because it's so important to have hobbies and to... Be investing in yourself outside of work. I really think it makes you a better employee and you can build connections with people, which can always enhance your career down the road. So I think it's important for people to ask themselves, who am I when I'm not at work? Or if someone doesn't know what they want at all, ask yourself like, what am I interested in and how can I start learning more about myself through hobbies? I'm not interested in being a sourdough bread baker. I love being a career coach, but it has taught me things about myself. So and I think that's important is to yeah.
1: learn
2: learn about yourself through your hobbies and also just like I said, meet people, create talking points about yourself, be interesting. What would you say are some of your guys' hobbies that
1: you like to do outside of work? Podcasting.
0: This yeah. Is our new one. This is the new one.
1: And where it's yeah. like, Whoa, well, I feel like I can actually like label it hobby.
0: Yeah, I honestly don't feel like I've ever had a hobby before entirely. I, I like watching soccer, but it's hard to feel involved in that besides just watching mm-hmm. soccer. yeah, um, I've always wanted to pick up curling as a hobby hey,
1: with the Olympic,
0: Winter cool. Olympic sport. And I went once, but what's prevented me from doing more of that is it's going to cost some money <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to join yeah. a curling league. And mm-hmm. is that worth that money? If I, I don't know if I love it yet.
1: Mm -hmm. It
0: would be frustrating. So, besides just the not being able to succeed at everything or achieve right away, what are some other barriers you think to entering into a new hobby? Another one I just named is maybe finances, because a lot of hobbies cost money. But
2: yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people don't know what the options are. But I also think it's trying something new. For example, fitness. My Mm -hmm. husband and I recently joined a gym and. I remember going and being nervous because, well, everyone there already knows how to do this workout and like, I'm going to be really slow or I'm not going to be the best in the group. So I think the intimidation factor or feeling like the new person at first can feel hard. I know I struggle with that sometimes of just being the new person and feeling like eyes are on me or something. So I would say those are a few that come to mind would be stepping out of your comfort zone or simply not knowing what to try or not knowing what's out there.
1: Something you said at The Bread a few minutes ago, a perspective, it sounded like you didn't consider somebody who knew you said, hey, why don't you sell this? So Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. I think the people who are around us, who know us really well, can speak into our lives of like, hey, I see this in you. What about this? Or yeah, so I I see that with friendships too. And Mm. sometimes it's hard to feel allowed to speak into someone's life. So Mm. sometimes I'll even be like, hey, friend, know you're allowed to hold me accountable, or hey, know you're allowed to tell me things or but I've never thought yeah. to be like, hey, let me know if you see a hobby in me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe I should yeah, be encouraging think... people's hobbies. I don't know.
0: Well, it's probably it's easier to do something if you're invited to it Mm -hmm. or know somebody Mm -hmm. that's already there. If we're going Mm -hmm. to a gym, I'll feel better if I'm going with you, Gwendolyn, because uh, we're in this together. We're doing something new together. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just more comfortable. So it might be easier to find a hobby if you focus on the type of people that you want to get in community with.
2: Ask a friend. Hey, I want to start doing this. I want to start hiking every weekend Mm -hmm. or something like that. Would you be interested in committing to Doing that with me or hiking twice a month together. We'll go to all the state parks in Indiana or mm-hmm. wherever. I feel like inviting a friend to do it with you, but also it's a good reminder for me. I've even thought of having a sourdough party and like inviting friends over and learning how to make sourdough together. Like, Imagine yeah, you could come so on I your mean, list. That's
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. So I think even for people who do have hobbies, like, are you extending an invitation to people who mm-hmm. you think mm-hmm. it could be? A good thing for
1: oh I gotta sit on that. I like that question. Mm-hmm. whether it's a friend coming along or yeah, having a career coach to see something or a friend who sees something, yeah, yeah,
0: the community aspect's really standing out to me. it's not just on us to figure it all out. I wouldn't be Mm -hmm. podcasting if it weren't for being in an environment that has a podcast studio. Mm -hmm. The office that I rent for counseling is in a shared workspace environment that has a creative studio. Mm -hmm. And then they put on a seminar for how to start a podcast. Um, So if it wasn't for the community that I was already involved in, Mm -hmm. and the reminders of walking right next to the studio every day, I don't know if I would have invested in it and and gone for it. Yeah. I'm having a blast. So
2: yeah. It's awesome. Trying something new. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. And it's fun to just meet new people as well. And I think meet
2: new people and build new friendships. But again, bringing it back to your career, it really can open doors as Mm -hmm. a professional too. You can reach out to people on LinkedIn, but the power of building a relationship with someone, you know, playing racquetball or like, you're not just trying a new hobby, but you're also building community and community can always open doors for career paths. So think of as a hobby is like also doing a lot of other things for yourself. It's good for your mental health. It's good for physical health. It's good to learn new things and it's good for your career path too.
0: It doesn't have to just be a boring networking meeting where everybody just goes around and says their title.
2: No, that does not (laughs) sound very fun at all. It can be very informal. I feel like networking is this curse word whenever I bring it up to people who are like, well, You want me to do what? You want me to talk to strangers on the phone? And it doesn't have to be like that. It can be very informal. And remember that the other person you're talking to is a human and Mm -hmm. they probably would be excited to help you with your career path. So you can do it in a lot of different capacities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Well, I mean, those are already some opportunities and resources mixed in there. What other resources, opportunities do you think are out there for people that are listening that are like, oh, I really would enjoy probably finding a new hobby?
2: Yeah. I would say thinking about volunteering. Hmm. Um, that can always be. I actually was thinking about that today. Like I used to be pretty proactive about volunteering in my community. And I would say since COVID, that's kind of gone away for me. But I was just thinking about it this morning how I would love to check out local opportunities to serve or volunteer in some way so maybe thinking about what you're passionate about I actually met with a client this morning who she loves gardening and so she actually volunteers at a museum downtown and she pulls weeds for them once a month I was like that is so cool like and that's such a great thing that she can talk about with people too is, hey, I love gardening. And so here's what I do because I care about this museum and I want to help make it look pretty on the outside. So I would say, think about huh. like, what are, your, what are you passionate about maybe? And could you combine that with a way to volunteer? But also checking out with your local museums or parks, that kind of stuff. I feel like there's always opportunities to mm-hmm. get involved in some way, but it comes back to what are you interested in? what naturally are you interested in? But I would say it starts hmm. with reaching out to people or even asking your friends, kind of like what you are saying, Gwendolyn. Like I do this sometimes with clients. It's called a 360 assessment, but it's where you ask your friends and family questions about yourself because sometimes it's hard to know what you want and having other people's perspective and input is really helpful. If you ask the right people, hey, what do you think about me? Like what, do you, what kind of hobby do you think I would enjoy? Could be a good place to start.
1: When you said 360, I've never heard of it used like in that kind of sense exactly. Because at work, I, my ears perked up because I oh. do the formal 360 program <laughs> yeah. for a company. So, but that's so fun. Like, yeah, of course we could just take initiative to do that on our own. Yeah.
2: It might feel like needy or something. Like, hey, can you tell me what you see in me? Or what do you think my strengths are? Or where could you see me as a professional? But it can be like a casual thing too. It's like, you know, any hobbies out there? <laughs> it doesn't have yeah. to be this formal ask, but just mm-hmm. texting a friend or when you see them next time, asking them, hey, what do you do? Do you have any hobbies? Do you have any places that you go and volunteer?
0: Thank you so much, Lauren, for for coming on and and sharing some of these opportunities and um, just talking about those fun things. We ought to all be out there having hobbies and enjoying life and not just getting by and and doing all of our responsibilities. We need to have things that are there for the sake of having fun uh, without judgment, without having to achieve or succeed at things. We all need things that we can just kind of be and, and do. So we want to hear from listeners also about the things that you're learning, opportunities you have. What are some hobbies that, that you have to share with us? Send a message to us on Instagram at Opportunity. And then also, as always, follow and subscribe to Learned Opportunity Podcast wherever you find your podcast. Uh, maybe share us with a friend. Share your hobbies. If you listen to us, share your hobby with a friend and then they maybe get a hobby of listening, too. Uh, <laughs> so we just want to share more opportunities with more people. So I'm Daniel.
1: And I'm Gwen.
0: And join us next time for more casual, professional and lifestyle development. Thank you.
1: The Learned Opportunity podcast has been brought to you by Ecclesia Counseling Services, LLC, providing mental health and career counseling to the greater Indianapolis area. Perhaps you're anxious, or maybe you're unsure about the future of your career, or you feel that you're not living the life that you are meant to. Whatever your needs may be, Ecclesia Counseling Services is here to offer support. Check us out online at Ecclesia Indy, E K K L E S I A. I-N-D-Y dot com.